Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Gerald Farley. And I'm Eve Kavner. And you're listening to Agony Rants. Neve, it's so fantastic to see you. You too, you too. It's been so long. I know, it feels like forever. I put a different jumper on though, to be fair. I know, yeah, this will be the first time that we don't have uh, the same two clothing. videos with the same clothes. <laughs> I mean, I think there was a record where we decided we would change, or maybe I decided I would, I'd change something. I think I might have put a hoodie on, yeah, just to be really professional. I may have taken a coat off at some point. I, I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think I ever thought about it. We're not shattering the illusion. No, no. The, like, we live a hundred miles apart. <laughs> we stack these and rack them. <laughs> <laughs> Although part of us, you know, part of us wants to meet every week, don't we? I know, I do want to meet every week, Neve. Because I have to say, it's been like, um, I think I've seen you in the past 35 weeks. I've seen you more than I've ever seen you. I know, it's really Which bad. Which is fantastic. It's the best thing to come out of COVID for me, that and my Zoom calls with my mates. Like, because, you know, funny enough, we live in different cities, the same kind of combination. And what happens is, for years, we had to rely on when somebody was home and then we all kind of flocked in. I know. So now we see each other on a camera for every two weeks and we quite like it because we can wear jammies if we want. It's no big deal. Yeah, exactly. You don't have to go to a noisy bar. No, and we spend, like we say, oh, we're only going to do 45 minutes on the free Zoom, you know what I mean? Because you're not going to pay yeah. for it. Like, I'll, I, <laughs> I have to say... <laughs> There's nothing more upsetting than an open-ended Zoom. Oh, no, because there's no there's no, no limit on that. <laughs> the days of like the three hours on a Friday night looking at your mates who are clearly drunk and <laughs> should have hung up about an hour ago and got themselves together. Well, I always know how successful it is about how many times we go back on the same Zoom. <laughs> and if I'm enjoying it, what I do is I tell something cliffhangery and then it goes off. <laughs> I'm really good. I'm really good at faking... Uh, is that a word, cliffhanger? I'm actually thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> it is now. Yeah, it is. Well done. Created by Neve Kavanagh. Thank you. Um, I'm really good at faking a bad connection. <laughs> Sorry. We're in the shit studio. <laughs> I'm just saying it now. We're in the shit studio and the mic keeps hitting Neve in the face. <laughs> and you know, the best part of it is it gets overexcited every time Garode laughs, I think. It just go, rises up. That's what happens. <laughs> When I make when I make people laugh, things rise up. It's the reason I get into comedy. <laughs> now, Groot, I'm very upset because you haven't mentioned how well I'm doing on Instagram. Neve, you're doing like I have to say, I've never <laughs> seen such a turnaround. <laughs> Genuinely, like you were up there, you, like you you were doing requests for letters and stuff at the week. I like, know nobody week. answered me, but it was good. <laughs> Nobody sent me any, I don't think, unless they sent it into the actual... But I was just like, <laughs> what is going on? Like, No, but my favourite part of all that, you know, I, I figured out the captions and all that sort of stuff. It took me a while and now I'm like caption mad. But actually, my very favourite thing is when you put in, you know, when it makes the auto caption thing where they kind of say, you know, what the words are. And it tries to guess what I'm saying when I say Garoud. It, sell, it spells your name so many different ways. <laughs> it is the funniest thing. Growth comes out a lot. 
or G R O D E. I didn't I even know that was a word. That. There was a part of me that thinks now if I moved to the UK, I might call myself Groad. As in G R O D E. People yeah. would actually be able to pronounce it. Yeah, at least they'd be able to pronounce it. And they it would, would go Groad. Groad. Yeah. <laughs> I, would... think, I think it would work. Because yeah. my new thing is now, right? I've decided yeah. that I've got to the, pay, the point in my life where I'm actually not explaining my name anymore. Oh, okay. I've actually just had enough. Yeah. Like, so now I have a new life hack. And that is for situations where they don't genuinely need to know my name. I just call myself John. And it works. I know. It's so easy. Now, like, so the coffee shop around the corner. Yeah. I've been going in there for months. And I always say my name is John. So when they just write it on the cup, John. Hi, John. How are you? But what recently (laughs) happened during the week was one of the women that works there. Yeah. I met her out when she wasn't like wearing her coffee shop clothes okay <laughs> and she went oh hi John and I was like I'm not John <laughs> <laughs> so this warm relationship that I have with them is now she's very cagey with me so, so basically understandably basically you confused yourself <laughs> I did, like, well meeting meeting somebody that works somewhere in a uniform and meeting them outside it's like you know, know. you see a teacher on the summer holidays no I know I you're know. like oh my god this is so weird and the thing is they generally remember us yeah but we don't remember them you know what I mean? It's 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 not that we don't remember them. If I see them out of the context of where they are, I'm actually really good with faces. But I'm terrible with faces. I'm terrible with names. So oh, it's, not you know, hope. I'm great with faces. I generally can get back to where you are. I also have excellent leading in questions. <laughs> I have I've developed over many years to get me where you you met me. <laughs> well, what I, I what I always say to my partner is. Because he used to always, he always used to always say, you didn't introduce me. Why didn't you? And because like, I couldn't because remember, I can't the remember the name. Yeah, I and know. And if I ever don't introduce you, you just say who you are and get the name. That's like. That's your job. <laughs> that's your in. <laughs> you, you, had you had one job. One. <laughs> you had one job. <laughs> All this invitations to illustrious events. That's your job. Yeah, your job. You're the plus one. You get the name when I have absolutely no yes, idea Yes, exactly. And, and you I'll know by the look on my face. With your cousins. Yeah. Because he's a culture, they've loads of cousins. <laughs> There's always a thousand people. That I know, to be fair, I'm the same. But actually, um, my autocorrect, right, on Siri, if I, you know, my name becomes Miami. So for a long time, it called <laughs> me Miami. Now, it has learned my name now. So when I say Neva, I don't know how it, it actually. I think that's a cool, I think Miami is a really cool. Uh, alternative. Yeah, it's a really cool alternative. I think I might call you that from now on. <laughs> I don't know why I just guessed Miami, you know, based on... My worst autocorrect story is years ago, I was doing a gig in Belfast and I was mm. driving home afterwards and I texted my mom and she was like, you know, oh, oh, where you're around or whatever. And I was like, no, 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 I'm actually doing a gig in Belfast. And she sent me a text back saying, I hope you get good soon. Kiss. And I was like, that's a bit much before a gig. <laughs> and we where know... your mother say, I hope you get good soon. And it actually was... We know how was. fragile you are. <laughs> Exactly, Neve. I'm a creative person. I'm an artist. <laughs> My temperament is all I have. You know. Whole... Um, and what? But what she actually meant was, hope you get home soon. I know. But it took me like it was long after the show that I did a in lot a of state therapy. of existential crisis. A lot of therapy <laughs> that I realised, dear, just just not go up with the phone. <laughs> so, um, I all the way through that story, all I'm thinking about is, you know, how often do you text your mum? I I do text her regularly, but she doesn't always text back. Okay, so. 
in this equation, I'm you and your mum is my children <laughs> because my boys, I have to ask for proof of life every now and then. Every oh, really? every couple of weeks, I kind of go, uh, hello? Yeah, send me a photograph <laughs> of the newspaper, yeah, please. Yeah, <laughs> to show that you're currently still alive. Mummy's worried. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are you still my son? You know, <laughs> like, I do think though what happens is though when you're a kid, uh, like when you start to get your freedom, you, you go through this little phase of being separate. I'm a, I'm a man in the world now and I don't need anyone. And then you kind of ignore your parents for a few years. Oh, totally. And then around the age of like, I think late 20s, you, you sort of gravitate back That's in. That's a long way, a long way to be dealing with that. Like. Yeah, but really, realistically, you only gravitate back in when you're like, I might need <laughs> now deposit for a house. <laughs> Great. I'll start saving. So... <laughs> <laughs> you need to get in that car now. I know, <laughs> yeah. I've been very clear in with my children. In your eyes around the country. I've, I've been very clear with my children. They're on their own from here on. And but <laughs> actually, I, I was just thinking on the subject of uh, of names. Yes. Didn't you originally, I remember when you were first in your record, mm. um, weren't you going to call it all about Neve? Yes, I was. Um, I, I won't get any, you know, points for the best, <laughs> the best <laughs> idea. <laughs> I did actually think about that. I maybe because I'm Bet Davis. <laughs> All about Eve was the thing. I can't believe you brought that up. I mean, I, I had obviously filed that into. You never have to think about that again. Yes, I I was thinking about that, and then somebody else probably thought that wouldn't people other people wouldn't get that reference. So, because to be fair, unless you look at Neve, unless you know how to pronounce Neve, yeah, I mean, that's not going to. All about Niamh. <laughs> it's not going to work. Because I, I did that in Edinburgh years ago. I call my show "Go Road Less Travelled." Oh, yeah, makes sense. Because I thought, yeah, but then if you could pronounce it, it made sense. <laughs> yeah. But the problem was uh, nobody could pronounce the name and didn't know the name of the show. And then I met my agent halfway through the festival and she was like, it's not working. People think it's gay rod less travelled. <laughs> well. <laughs> Very different show. Very different <laughs> show. So in that same conversation, we had a conversation about whether I should change my name. Okay. Uh, oh, in general? In oh, yeah. general. You know, because Simon Cowell told me I should change my name back in Did the day. He? Yeah, I didn't. So he told you you should change your name. Yeah, because he said people wouldn't know how to pronounce it. And I said to him, well, nobody knew how to pronounce Sinead. So, you know, and uh, well so, the, you know, there, so it has to be somebody with a name, you know, and the, like. I imagine that was a sassy meeting. Yeah, it was very sassy. There was a yeah, moment. They didn't know how to pronounce Sinead. And why do you wear your trousers like that? <laughs> 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 yeah, and he really did wear his trousers like that all the time. He used, to, he used to keep his cigarettes under his um, T-shirt sleeve, you know, the way, short T-shirts. And they used to, you know, like the old Navy people used God to do. God almighty. I know, it's really tragic. That's weird. Whatever happened to him? <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Oh, I hope he's not living somewhere in poverty. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he still has T-shirts to put his, to his bags in. Uh, yeah, I'd imagine, I'd imagine it's not a, <laughs> it's not a pre-marks muzzle top now that he's, <laughs> he's shoving his cigarettes up. <laughs> Simon, if you're listening, get in touch. We just <laughs> have you on the show. <laughs> Let us know you're okay. <laughs> yeah. Send proof of life. A photograph of you and whatever Fabergé egg you bought today. <laughs> supposed to be helping people with their lives. We are, as always, Neve. as always, we are changing lives left, right and centre. Uh, today's episode is about decluttering. Oh my right? God. And the response. I know. Loads of people got in touch and people <laughs> expecting us to clear their decluttering problems. Now, I have to say, 
I'm not going to be able to do that because one of the things that I've realized because <laughs> a couple of years ago, I decided, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to declutter. I'm going to be, you know, the next Marie Kondo. Oh. I want minimalist, clean lines. Oh, gosh. I just want white counters and a plant. That's. <laughs> white counters <laughs> they're, and a plant? They're, they're a real all my, plant or All not? my belongings. Okay. Um, I, I bequest. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I did I did a massive clear out and then realised that a lot of the stuff that I'd got rid of I actually want, had wanted to keep <laughs> Did you rebuy them? I did rebuy a lot of CDs ah, I have to say now just just charity shops and it's really weird because when I'm in charity shops now because I love I love hunting for CDs and records in charity you shops You come to my it's house my thing <laughs> <laughs> I totally will um, but and I, every so often there'll be a batch of CDs that I kind of go through and I think I had all, I bet you these were mine. Oh my gosh. Now I was in a charity shop once when a boy came in absolutely frantic with his mother. Like absolutely bananas. And Why like I, was, I was looking through the records and he like took the box like away as in he wouldn't let me have it. And apparently his mother, they, I think he was moving house oh. and he had left a pile of stuff to give away and she'd actually given away that stuff and his record collection. Oh my God. And he was demented. Okay. Well, understandably. Filed under his own fault. He wasn't clear about his that. Mother, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And his mother. If you was, moved out, his mother take was just your like, shit with you. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> Excuse no, this me. This is just what happens. Take your shit with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I have to say, that's a mother now. That is a very mother approach. <laughs> mother approach to things. Mm. Like I remember years ago, Actually, I think it was during the pandemic my mum was doing a clear out of the attic. She's like, all your treasures, your belongings are in the skip. <laughs> Come and get them. <laughs> saved them from the skip. <laughs> and do you know what I saved? I, well, I what I wanted to save was my teddy bear called Constance. It was a teddy bear. <laughs> Who named your teddy bear? I don't know. <laughs> it's, got, it, it's very Pride and Prejudice vibes. Constance? I think. Constance. Really? Early but indicator. <laughs> I didn't. I, I haven't found her. But oh. what I have found is her leg. I know. It's like <laughs> How do you know it's Constance's I, leg? It's it's definitely Constance's leg. Just a just I feel a like leg. I feel like a war widow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we know. Oh my gosh. I just have Constance's leg at home in the drawer of my desk. Like we've never found the rest of her. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I have so many emotions. I have so many emotions in me at this moment. I know, yeah. <laughs> too many, too many, too many emotions. Do you know, it's funny. I am not sentimental about much in my life, right? I love when somebody makes something for me. You know what I mean? Like I have little figures that my sister made for me out of clay. And then I had one that my niece made for me, probably in nursery. And the boys made me stuff in like very young. One of them disintegrated eventually. But I have these lumps of clay that my boys made in nursery. They were obviously candle holders. There was like a stock thing. And some people have lovely candle holders made by their children. I literally have two lumps of clay, which they must have slapped with their fist and stuck the the two things and then <laughs> <laughs> put in the two candle bits. And then they stuck uh, as many balls as they could make them do in the length of time. And they just went, I, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> and they come out every Christmas. I put them on the table to show their that's love for cute. me. But I'm not sentimental about stuff. I mean, Paul said to me the other day, I can't believe um, you know, I told him about some award. I said, oh, I won that. It's somewhere up on the thing. 
where's your awards? I said, well, who puts a bit of glass with your name on it? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I, I have all these things, but I, I don't, I have kept them because I don't know what else to do with them. Well, speaking of somebody that still has the Cedar Willow area disco dancing competition trophy <laughs> from 1988. <laughs> I would say we're very different people. We are. I, I, well, to be, you know, what, what do you do with it? I mean, it's just silly, like for me. But uh, the boys won't even want them. I don't know what the hell is going to happen with oh, them. They will want them when they get their own house. They will. They'll be no, they, like they they'll be so rowdy. Listen, I've cleared out two houses belonging to people who we loved and passed, and I guarantee you, nobody wants your stuff. I'm not a hoarder for that sort of kind of thing. But and every now and then I go through them again just to be sure. You know, because you're less sentimental about them a few years later. I mean, I kept every painting they did when they were tiny and now they don't even know what the blobs are. So quite frankly, <laughs> you know, you'd, you'd have to be taking some sort of personality test to be actually looking at them. My mom is quite sentimental. I, I, I am quite sentimental about certain things. Like mm. one of the things I have uh, that I don't think I'll ever get rid of is, do you remember that there was the poem about the kid who, <laughs> the poem about the kid <laughs> The poem about the kid. Couldn't, had no money to buy presents for under the tree. So I think he wrote a poem or something. Okay. Um, Different generation. Really. Yeah. Well, it, it was a poem we would have learned at school. And then I remember my mom giving us on Christmas morning a little box and we all had a verse of it written in it. And then we could all read the That's really the lovely. It was really nice. It yeah. was a really lovely thing. Yeah. And now I was probably 24. <laughs> <laughs> She had the idea for years and then just finally got around to it. Do you know, um, do you know what's really funny about that? On. Growing up, uh, you know, I always thought I was going to be that kind of mother, you know, very lovely and doing all those wonderful things. And I really wasn't. Well, yeah. Or if I was, my children don't remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but you see, I don't think you do. Like, I think if my mum had done that when I was eight, I would have been just like, oh, I just want to play Miss Rance for yeah, like, What's wrong with you? <laughs> but yeah. I think when, like, she did it kind of later on. She's, she's very smart, my mother. Very smart. It's such a lovely memory. Now, I have my, I still have that box that's in my desk drawer as well. Now, I have to say, I, I'd say I'm probably the only person that can't buy that box. Yeah, so you only like have my one verse. And brother, they're not sentimental. You literally have, I just one, have verse. one verse. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> like every song I've ever sung. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. One just one verse, Garage, not the best. <laughs> Works on Pop Idol. <laughs> <laughs> You actually did the Marie Kondo. How did you find it? I found it really good. I think it's really good for people that are a little bit, let's just say a little bit American. Because what you've got to do is, right, you've got to uh, take all your belongings, pile them up and then touch every belonging to see if it sparks joy. Okay. Now, I think the problem with that is that if you're Irish, we're a bit cynical and we don't really have joy. Yeah. We just have... (laughs) We don't want to admit joy. We just have like... (laughs) We don't really go, we don't admit to joy. Yeah. We, we, we will only ever admit to being slightly less disappointed than they were a minute ago. <laughs> I think that's fair to say. I I saw this, I look with envy upon every decluttering thing I ever see because I I run into places and go, I must have my shop in this place. You know, <laughs> like I don't need this stuff. And then I can't physically, you know, get myself around to it. This whole concept of does it spark joy? Then you have to decide whether you, it sparks the joy and then you have to thank it for its service and put it in a bin. <laughs> yeah. Essentially. <laughs> now, see, that's the bit that I kind of fell down on, right? Because I... <laughs> <laughs> Did everything spark joy? Garode, were no, you joyful that day? <laughs> I just, it's not that I, it didn't necessarily spark joy, but I didn't feel like I wanted to talk to it. 
Like, to be honest with you, I think if you, if you find yourself talking to your shoes <laughs> and saying thank you for your... Do you know what I mean? Like, that's not... I'm at an You age. don't come out of that day feeling like a sense of achievement. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, right? I talk all the time now to myself, right? It's the weirdest thing. I, I have a narrative to my life. I think like, I don't know why it's happened. It's come on, on me over the last few years when I'm doing things. I go, I'm going to do that now in a second. I think it's because right now um, I'm finding it very hard to remember anything. <laughs> it's it's the gods of the of the hormones okay. are, are robbing me of my brain again. And I, the only last time I felt like this was when I was pregnant. And anybody who's ever had babies will understand this is a baby, baby brain. brain. And it really does happen. But unfortunately, it revisits you in menopause. And what's happening is I was a perfectly coherent person, able to retain things in my head. And now I need a narrative to keep me going. <laughs> well, and lists. I talk to myself in a different way, right? Oh. I've noticed that oh. I've noticed that I have, I have this kind of character for my cat in my head. That, and I have, I, it's kind of like when you spend too much time with her, mm. I kind of wonder what she's thinking the whole time. And I always think that she's like this aggressive old lady. <laughs> <laughs> so... What I've started to do is I've started to say out loud <laughs> the things that I think she's saying. Okay. I know this. Now that I say this out loud, this no, is no, not, no. This no, is no, not no, healthy. No, no. So no, what no. I will I will say things like, like she'll be on her stand and I'll be walking into the kitchen and I'll go, there he is now, the stupid prick. <laughs> and then I stop and go, girl, this is not, this is not what healthy people do. Yeah. Oh, it's totally what healthy people do. But you don't keep that as quiet as you think because you put it on. Instagram all the time. And maybe, yeah, that could be. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, let's just say I'm writing jokes. Okay, we'll just leave that there. Anyway, yeah. let's get back to the decluttering. Decluttering. Well, the thing about decluttering is, right, the easy place to start is your bathroom. I think that's a really good tip. That was in the, I think it was in the Mary Condo. It's book. achievable very quickly. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's high impact, like small room. There's probably only one or two presses and you feel absolutely amazing. Do you do it room by room or do you do it by item? Because I know, there's I appreciate that there's two different, yeah, so, by category as in all the books from the house. Yeah, the all the books pile yeah, them up yeah. um, and then all, all of the CDs and then she has this other category called Con Marie, is it called Con Marie or Con? <laughs> I don't know. She's I absolutely loved what Stacey Solomon did which basically emptied a person's house. Into and put a it warehouse. In a warehouse. Oh my God, the single, the, the single most enviable thing I ever saw on TV ever. I went, please somebody come and do that to my house and shame me into realising how many bits of paper I do not require in my life. How many whisks do I have? You know what I mean? Like it's how many whisks. Well now, you see, here's my thing, right? Because my kitchen is pretty, like I have a lot of stuff in my kitchen mm -hmm. uh, and it's a place I always try to declutter. But having extra whisks and having extra spatulas and stuff like that and, and egg lifters and stuff, that's actually really handy yeah, for no, when I... stuff is in the dishwasher. <laughs> but if you didn't have them, that stuff would not be in the dishwasher. They'd be cleaned and out. You make a very Just good saying. point. Just you saying. make a very, Just very saying. good point. Simple. But, uh, like, you, I think when the, the biggest tip I'm going to say about decluttering to me is you need somebody not as attached as you in the space. Now, I know. Very good idea. I know for a fact it's very difficult for any of us to have anybody in just in case something comes out that shames you, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're always a bit afraid that somebody wouldn't quite understand why Why is that in my house? Exactly, But yeah. um, actually, I think it's always much better to have somebody there because it will make you do what you need to do. 
And the other thing is, mm. I think if you're doing something like Marie Kondo, which is quite brutal. Oh, it is like very it's brutal. very like mm. the, the like the starting point of Marie Kondo is you're getting rid of all your belongings and then what you're doing is in, when you're decluttering is you're deciding what to keep. Yeah. Like that's very brutal. Yeah. So I think what will be good because sometimes you can get a bit into it and be like, oh yeah, I don't need any of those letters from my, you know, from my beloved. From my granny. Yes. And then Where's my nanny's granny's die? Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, but it's nice to it, but that's just the way the world works. Granny's they, they, die. Granny's die. <laughs> then, I, in that case, I think it's nice to have somebody say, are you sure you want to get rid of that? Yeah, no, there is, There is. you need somebody to justify why you're doing something because you yeah. do tend to, sometimes when you get into a deep clutter, either, you know, you end up kind of nearly too anal about it and you, you forget what to actually take into consideration what it is. But I will say this, I think what happens to people and why they become demoralized by it is they take on too much. Yeah. In one go. And I read a really good thing one time where they kind of, you know, went in and they picked an area. So they literally did, I'm going to do these drawers today. Okay. And that's manageable. Yeah, that is good. You know, so you can do that in, in an hour and just take over your life. And do you know what I used to do? And it would always ruin it. <laughs> was I would say, oh, I've got two hours. I don't have to go out now for two hours. So I'll, I'll, I'll do like my, my bedroom drawers. Right. And then what was is ha what happened is I'd start to go through stuff and then I'd take everything out. And then put it I'd start to go through it. And they go, oh, do you remember this? And I'd spend ages looking and then the time is gone that I'd allowed no, it you to have do to, this. No, you have to give it a time. And then you've got, all of a sudden you've got a pile in your bedroom for two weeks and you're like, I'm never doing this. Aaron says, I have a rule in my house. When something comes in, something old has to go. I live in an apartment, a New York one, so it's half the size of a regular condo. And a couple of years ago, it was getting really crowded. It really works. I started with my clothes and then did it with books and got rid of all my DVDs and CDs. I have to say, getting rid of DVDs and CDs, that's something I do struggle with, I have to say. I know, but that's because you spend your whole time going buying new ones anyway. Yeah. But you, you still do that. You I see, still lots do that, of people. Yeah. I have CDs, right? And I love the CDs that I have. The problem is, if I want a song now, I'm onto some sort of platform. I, I look online. I don't actually go to the physical. Yeah, you don't. But I miss the physical thing. Yeah, you see, I love reading the notes yeah. and the thank yous. And, and the actually, pictures. the th same with books, really. You know, you can read books in many ways now, but the physicality of a it's book so changes nicer. how you are. And then if you're reading off your phone or a Kindle or whatever, you're not actually getting that. I'm completely detaching myself from technology. Yeah. One of the other things I do with mail is I I try to do this thing where, you know, when you get your post, you're mm -hmm. like, just do what needs to be done. Yeah. And then throw the post out. Oh, the, the, oh, the handle piece of paper once. Yes. Yeah. So like you get, you get post and then you action it yeah like book the appointment if it's like a reminder to book an appointment sure. pay the bill file away the mobile phone receipt or whatever it is That's throw it. everything in the bit and then it's over you're not adding because I like I'm terrible for you know like with taxes oh, yeah. I have like I have this desk it's like a bureau the desk folds up and it closes and it's like a big press yeah yeah and what I do is <laughs> When I get a receipt, I just open it briefly and drop it in. <laughs> yeah, okay. So essentially what you I have... You can't open it fully. It's the equivalent of having... Because <laughs> it'll all fall out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like essentially a big skip. Yeah, but I think anybody who is in the pay-as-you-go kind of category or pay-as-you-earn thing, the thing is, they don't re realise how essential it is for us to keep every piece every of paper. Every piece of paper, yeah. Because you, you live in fear that somebody's going to come and ask for that piece of paper. 
You live oh, in fear of it. Oh, no. I think, I'd, I think, some days I think I would chance jail just to not have all this. I would do the time. I, I would, would do, do the time, time rather than have to go through I'm nursing. almost at that stage I now. absolutely won't. <laughs> uh, um, anyway, so uh, I have a spare room from hell and I really hope this episode inspires me to clear it out. I need a lot of tips. Jamie, spare rooms are the graveyard of life and, you know, it's not a spare room if it's full of stuff. Yeah, and if you need to keep stuff in your spare room, it's an office. Yeah. But what I would say is... <laughs> Depends on the stuff, right? Don't have... <laughs> like, to be honest with you, Jamie, just I've thought about this myself. Every time I go into my spare room, I just think I should just board this up. No, no. Like, no. You, what you need to do, Jamie, is um, have... If there's someone that makes you want to clean your house before they come over, right? You have to pretend that they're going to come and stay with you for two weeks and they're going to have to stay in that room. Yeah. You would sort that room. Exactly. You would definitely so sort you that need room. A, you need a phantom guest. A is what phantom guest. About <laughs> Think about me coming over there and going, look at the state of this. But do you know what the, What I will say, right? Mm. Like declutter in a spare room is one of the last things you'll do because it, it feels like it's, it's, it's just so unnecessary. Yeah. So Jamie, get yourself a cheap wardrobe in Ikea. Stack it up. No, then, no, do not do that. it up and Jamie, then just lock the door. Absolutely not. You will achieve something in your life if you actually tackle this, but do it in a sensible way. Do it in small sections. Look in the room and say, I'm going to do this section first and I'm only going to do that today. I uh, promise you, Jamie, you will be so happy when you do it. Pretend your mother's coming to stay. That usually puts manners on it. I'll come. Ask me around. She's I got, will come, she's Jamie. She's got a couple of days off coming up. <laughs> <laughs> She'd love to do it. Thrills. Thrills. I know. And then Monica's the same. She says, I really need to declutter. I make plans to do it every weekend and it never happens. My kitchen is a disaster. Well, we know about the kitchen, right? Every press is overflown and then there's a big, ah! Listen, <laughs> Monica, that's how I feel every time I go into a room yeah. like that. I really my, do. I have to say now, my kitchen's the next one. To, that's the next one that has to be done. It's a tough one. Because you know what I did, actually? I, I, I replaced a press with four drawers because I thought it would be so handy to have Well, I remember drawers. that story. I remember that story. It cost you a lot of money. So you better be filling those drawers proper. The, oh, those drawers are full. <laughs> <laughs> Strain. They're buckling under the weight. Uh, Helen says, I got Mary Kondo's book and followed it religiously. Uh, and I swear to God, it felt amazing. It was stressful doing it, but it was fantastic. I haven't looked back. I live a minimalist life. Um, Helen, you're a show off. I was a bit more cautious. Uh, then she suggested there was some stuff that I felt weird about throwing out. So I didn't. No. So I didn't. And I'm glad I didn't. You can't replace memories. Okay, so you're not completely minimalist. That's You know what? That's a very sensible approach. Yes, it. it is. I think it's completely the right approach. It is not right to throw off, even if the people after you don't want what you have, you want it. Because yeah, it sparks some things. Some like, memory. But actually, she does cover that. In other words, if it sparks joy, if it sparks something in you, an emotion in you, then you should keep well, it. She says that clutter is about unresolved things in your past or mm. a fear of the future. Right, oh, okay. <laughs> You're saying thank you to your shoes. Okay, I think no, you should definitely fear your future. No, that's different. <laughs> like, that's different, that's different. I, uh, excuse me, I have shoes that I have to thank. I have two pairs of Eurovision shoes. But you still have them. I do. Well, I still wear them occasionally. But, I, I you know, around the house. <laughs> My 800 euro Gina clack, shoes. Clacking in on the tiles. 800 euro, sorry. My 800 euro, you know, Gina shoes that I wore in 2010. They're like the most impractical things you ever wore. But, you know, I clutter around the house in them. But did you not have a long dress? Oh, I did. Very long. It was a long dress with Gina, with 800 quid shoes underneath uh -huh. them. Oh, they don't do things by halves, so I tell you. Um, no, but you're right, I, Helen. I had to push it in a pair of practical runners to get up and down off that box. <laughs> I'm going to say this, Helen. 
you're right, you can't replace memories, but how memories do you actually need to keep? And sometimes you don't need to keep the physical thing. You could take a photograph today and put it somewhere. You don't need to physically have the thing. Some of them, you know, a ticket stub. You don't need to keep a ticket stub. Neve, I have. I know a, a what you have. Full of tickets. I, I, and I'm actually that. I can't believe I said that because, quite frankly, I have so many things. I can't. I have boxes. I have a drawer. I yeah. actually think. Do you know what? I, I, if I have it, I'll post it on Instagram. I'm ninety nine percent certain of a Neve Cavanagh live at the Olympia from nineteen ninety five. Wow. Ninety nine percent certain I have that ticket. Excellent. I'm gonna put it online. You better. <laughs> Uh, Ian, I'm an absolute hoarder and I really want to change. I would love to start getting rid of stuff, but the thoughts of it are really crippling me. Uh, so I have high expectations for this episode. Groot and Neve are on the case. We are, Ian. We are on the case. Actually, to be fair, now I feel we need to... Neve is on the case. We need... I will come to your house and help you out. But I seriously think if you are feeling this way, you are not alone. Everybody feels this way about their they stuff. They do, yeah, yeah. Their stuff is overwhelming and we've just spent two years basically living with our stuff. I know, In yeah. ways that we probably haven't done for a long time. Now, I have to say, during the pandemic, I did clear out did a you? good bit of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I threw out a lot of stuff. But do you know what I did learn to live with? Well, I learned to live with a messier place. Oh, okay. Because the place was messier because you were in it the whole time. Yeah, I know. You know, like, so, I w- like, the walls needed painting and you're like, oh, I'm not painting them. You know, it, like, the... The wear and tear on your house, I think, from living in it so much over the past two years mm-hmm. is really obvious. Yeah, no, I know. It is is true for it. I did a lot of painting. I literally painted. You know me, I love to paint. These <laughs> <laughs> house is like the Dulux colour chart. Oh, no, it is. She's like, I love like, colour. <laughs> she just basically, <laughs> the Dulux colour chart is just another list to me. She just, <laughs> she just takes them off. <laughs> but it's fresh. <laughs> it's always fresh. fresh. It's and the exciting. freshest house. We are pausing for a moment to remind you that we are part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. If you would like to support the show, you can subscribe at headstuffpodcast.com for as little as five euro a month, and you will get bonus content from us and all of the shows on Headstuff Podcast Network. And our bonus content includes videos of the recording of the podcast. So you get to see Neve in all of her post-COVID glory. So if you want proof of life, that's where, you go, that's where you'll find it. Um, we are here, though, to tell you about the podcast studios, which is where we record Agony Rants. Mm-hmm. Um, the podcast studios is located in Dublin city centre. It is a one-stop shop for all things audio and it has three state-of-the-art studios. When we're recording, we usually use about three of them. We, yeah. we usually use all three. Uh, Neve puts her stuff in one room. <laughs> we have coffee in the other room. Yeah. And then we demolish the other room yeah. by setting up a camera. The podcast studios provide everything you need for podcasts, voiceover work, audiobook recordings and more. And they're also set up for video recording, live streaming or green screen filming. So, uh, yeah. It's very we love handy working too. with them and it's really handy. It's very handy where it is, you know. I mean, and, you know, you can park in a yellow or a red zone. We like that. You can. <laughs> and you can pay parking on an app like normal people <laughs> you can be or old you school. can be old school and you can ring a person the podcast studios is the home of the headstuff podcast network it's where lots of our shows are recorded and we work on editing promotion videos live shows and lots more as a podcast production company with three state-of-the-art studios for audio and video in dublin city center we can work with you to tell great stories in a professional and engaging way From government organisations to charities, arts groups to international brands, entrepreneurs to hobbyists, we've worked with everybody and we can help you to get the word out. Whether you need studio time, you're hosting a live stream or webinar, or you need support with editing or marketing, we can tailor a package for you. 
For more info, head to thepodcaststudios.ie. Uh, so anyway, we have a problem. Yes, we do have a problem. Dear Naven Garode, I have a problem and there's literally nobody else I can mention this to because I sound like an absolute gal. <laughs> I moved in with a boyfriend a year ago and there's a problem. And there is a problem. Actually, there are two problems. He is divorced and he has two kids and they're absolutely awful. <laughs> oh my God. I, I actually can't bear them. <laughs> I love kids. I have two nieces and nephews who I love dearly, but his kids are absolute brats. Five days a week, our relationship is great, but they arrive at the weekends and it is absolute torture. I have started to make plans on weekends with friends to get out of the house and avoid them. <laughs> Go on. They are 11 and 9 and are really badly behaved. They have no respect for me or our house. My husband doesn't like to discipline them as he feels guilty about leaving. Oh, I, I guess he left. Okay. okay. Uh, I'm actually sick of them to make... <laughs> I love the way this is just a furious stream of conscience. <laughs> Go on. To make matters worse, we moved into a pla- into my place. Ah, oh, and I dread these brats coming around every weekend. I know they're great on my other half, but they are his kids. I think his ex lets them do whatever they want and they come to our house and he feels the need to spoil them. I don't want to come between him and his kids, but they are definitely coming between me and him. Any and all advice appreciated. Would like to stay a non. You can call me Belle. <laughs> well, Belle. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I I don't relate to a lot of this, right? But there's what when somebody moves into your place, yes, right, they move in because you love them and can't bear to be without them, and nothing <laughs> will knock the shine off that. <laughs> <laughs> like coming in and seeing their dirty socks on your bathroom floor <laughs> in an inappropriate place Completely. something in an inappropriate place or the deodorant on top of the microwave like <laughs> someone coming in I remember I remember because you don't you don't think about the practicalities of somebody moving in no you think about oh we're taking the next stage in our relationship it's lovely it's wonderful it's absolutely lovely and then all of a sudden they're putting photographs on your wall yeah who said you could do that? <laughs> this is my home. Under no circumstances. I know. Like, I know. I, I'm very, I, I really had to let go of that territorial thing, mm. you know, over. Boundaries are difficult. But it, that's, it's a slow progress. It's, it's only the first 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on to the real problem here, which is the children, right? And, or, yeah. and you and your relationship with the children. Okay, so I'm going to tell you now. I completely understand how you're feeling and you are in that set now. So nothing those children are going to do, even if they came in and gave you flowers tomorrow and told you you were lovely, that's not going to happen. You're not going to accept it because you are right where you are. And it's a hard thing to accept, but actually when it comes to kids, you are the one who sometimes sets the tone. You're not necessarily the one who actually makes it happen. But the thing is how you deal with it is very, very, very important. It's actually like with the people. One maxim I live my life is I do not accept bad behavior from anybody in my life. Okay. I can accept people and love them for who they are and accept that, but I will not accept bad behavior from people. Sometimes I'll file it under, um, it's not my job to deal with that, right? But if somebody is living in your house two days a week, they can learn rules for those two days. And I don't care what you think you're doing here. If you're allowing this happen in your house, you and your husband, you know. But No, I'm telling you now, it's really, really super important. 
don't get me wrong. You need to start in it. How you deal with it is very important. You need to look at the behavior and go, that behavior is not acceptable. Kids can learn new behaviors in 50 different places. But do you think she's afraid of being, like, if, if nobody else The is wicked stepmother? Room, she's going to be the wicked stepmother. No. no. See, there are ways of doing this, right? The thing okay. is, there are definitely ways of doing this. I Like, I'm really passionate about this. You get a big water hose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Although, no, there are ways of dealing with this. But and the first no place you need to start is actually with yourself to calm down and let that go. Let the anger go. But is it not like, if you don't have kids, right? Because I, I, I find this, right? Mm. That if you don't have kids, you treat the kids' behavior as if they're adults. Yeah, but you like, can't. So, so, but, but you see, the thing about it is, if you, like, if you don't have kids... You've never had that experience of, oh, kids are just learning how to be people. And so, so like when a kid is just like absolutely outwardly hostile to you, it affects you the same way an adult, if an adult was hostile to you. Yeah. But then would you let an adult do that in your house? No. Yeah, no, I know you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But I do, like, do you not think daddy has to step up here? Oh, no. First place you start is with yourself and go, right, I'm going to let this energy go elsewhere because the problem is when you're starting from a hostile situation the problem is you are never going to resolve this you are never going to resolve it because you're already angry so you need to kind of breathe a little bit deep and you need to get him on board right you need to get him on board because actually he is part of the reason this is happening right those children are probably acting out because they are unsure of where they belong they belong in prison by the same Stop that. Stop that. No, they aren't sure where they belong and they want to know that they belong. And sometimes the way people, are, the children test that is by pushing boundaries. And okay. actually adults do it too, right? We oh, all, they do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what they're looking for you is to say, I'm going to try this and see what you do. And actually they become less sure about how they feel about it if you do not react in the way they think you should. Okay. Now that, I'm not saying that you go in there and lay down the law. You need to go to your husband and say, explain to him how you feel when you're not cross. <laughs> you're not okay. cross. You need to have that conversation in a very positive way. In other words, you go in and say, look, you know, I'm struggling with this. You know, can can we come to an agreement on how the behavior should be? If you want to show your kids that you love them, you know, and show them that they're safe and they have you regardless when they're here. But there still has to be guidelines in that. You can't expect yeah. them to run amok. And actually, the kids will probably respond really well to that because... Yeah, I think if you give kids boundaries, like, I, yeah. I do think that every kid is a, is, in ser- is a kid in search of a boundary. Yeah. You know, because I think if you... Adults are the same. Yeah, completely. Like, it's so much easier to know what's expected yeah. when you know what your boundaries are. Well, put it this way. If you go in... When you were a kid, right, you behave differently in school than you did at home. Oh, yeah, totally. Right, because... You had you knew the roles were different there. Yeah. If you went to your granny's house, it was a different again, right? The thing is, there are rules in every space that you go to, and they're okay to be there as long as you're not locking them in the room overnight, which is a whole. Well, she thing. hasn't said what she is or not, <laughs> or trying I'm, to put I'm, them I'll into honest, an oven. I'll be I'll be I'd be pretty <laughs> understanding if she was, but yeah. like this, it's so hard. Like when you have you're living on your own, yeah, you've got your own place, and then you're going into the next phase of a relationship with somebody. It's so hard when you've got these variables yeah. <laughs> floating around. Now, I know they're part of the package. It's like, okay to say children, okay? <laughs> yeah, but, but, but she doesn't even see them as children. Because no, they're, no. She, it, they're, it, it, it is a difficulty. It, it is difficult because you're inserting yourself into their life, but they're doing it in your house. And she, she also doesn't know 
what is expected of her. No. Because I think the hardest relationship in that is not the kids with the parents, it's the relationship with the ex-wife. Yeah. Because you don't want to step on her toes. No, no. But you but you don't have to. I mean, your relationship with them is going to be different to your ex-wife, the ex-wife. Yeah, yeah, totally. Right? You know, she is their mother. You're not trying to be their mother. If your nieces and nephews came in, you would have rules. Why are you not using the same rules with them? Fair point. You know, I mean, you, you don't have to do it in a bad way. You can actually explain to kids why you need them to react differently. I would say, like, if we were to make a list, mm. right, in order of what she has to do, I think... First things first, she needs conversation with the father. 100%. Now, I don't, and also, it has to be a it has to be like a reasonable conversation. Not, I hate your kids. Yeah, no. Like, I think because I don't think you do. And the thing is, that's very think, tempting to say. I think you probably don't hate the kids. I think the problem is you haven't developed a relationship with them, and you need to. And also, the thing to remember, and this would be the bit that I would genuinely forget. I would forget, yeah. and I do forget when my niece is a nephew when yeah. they're you know they won't talk to me because they're on their PlayStation or whatever. Yeah, you kind of forget. It's like, it's not that they don't want to talk It's to just you. normal behaviour. It's just behavior. their kids. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah. And I do forget their kids and think, well, that was incredibly rude. <laughs> <laughs> and I will demand an apology. Yeah, but I'm going to say, Belle, I completely empathise with you. It's a very, very difficult that's thing hard. that's happening. It it's is. a very big transition and it's really important to say that. But there are ways to the end of this. And my resolutions are always about, you know, let's be calm step back and try and not get emotional about it. It's hard to because you're already very emotional. So have a conversation with him. Remember their kids. Yeah. Be clear. Um, be clear what you want. Yeah. Be clear about what your expectations yeah, are. Yeah. And, and be clear for yourself. The thing that she's doing is probably, it's not great here, is that she's she's taking herself out of the situation. And probably what she should do is she should have a conversation with your man and say, whatever we're doing at the weekend I, I need to take a, a lead in this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know he thinks it's his time, but you can say, okay, we're go. We're all going to the zoo. It can be a nice thing. But yes, exactly. But right. let let them see that you're you're actually in control because that's another thing. When kids like <laughs> the one thing about kids is if they sense even that there is a, a chink. slight chink in the armor. No, you're fecked. They have no fecked. respect for you. You're that's gone. That's the technical, the technical term. Is is you're, you're fecked. Totally. I think I think it's one of those things that there's not. you're not going to see immediate progress. And do you know what? The other thing is that no matter, even if they get better behaved. You'll still have problems. You'll still have problems because Because that's the nature of it. Because the nature of the, the nature of it of is growing up is, is pushing you boundaries. you have your life and then two days a week there are these animals that come into it. Stop that ground. <laughs> I hope we've helped. Keep us keep us posted. Oh yes. We would love little updates. And photographs of your deep cluttering. That would be amazing. Oh my God. Listen, if you want to send before and after pictures of bookcases, I mean, somebody, one of my friends sent me a photograph of a colour-coded bookcase recently. Love it. Word. Love it. So, um, actually, and also, I'm going to do a couple of lists of the, the way that I like to declutter, so. Oh, Neva, because she, that's what she is now. She's an Instagram influencer. Yes, you, you, and you know what? Follow her on the gram, <laughs> at NevaCavanagh93. And, and I'll give you somewhere you can contact me to come and sort you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Neve's getting a side hustle. You heard it here first. Um, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we'll chat to you next week. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. 
find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Being a parent can be really challenging. Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them on their parenting journey. Everyone deserves someone they can turn to for help with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit ChildAndFamilyResourceNetwork.org today.